0: Subject number six for episode six. This one is pre-planned narratives. And the point about this one is that the government plans fall apart. You know, nothing, nothing, this world is so unpredictable that, you know, even the government's plans are falling apart. Or if the plans don't fall apart, they get exposed like Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and the coronavirus. So that, with that being our stepping stone, let's, let's kind of look at this, um, uh, this whole thing about their, their narrative that they planned out for how however many years they had it ready to go. They're finally working on it. But now there's a lot more people getting, just like, they're getting tired of this coronavirus. They're like, you know, we want to get back to normal. Then those who are like real ass kissers, they're like, no, no, we got to keep it going. We got to keep it going because that's the only way we're going to make everybody safe. It's like, this is not a safe world, man. Anytime you get up in the morning, you're risking everything you do to the time you finally lay back down. Even then at night, you still run the risk of like, you know, losing your breath, you know, losing oxygen, choking on your tongue, your spit, whatever anything that guarantees that, you know, you may not wake up in the next morning is a risk. So that's where I was kind of thinking about, um, Pearl Harbor and the, I I really wanted to do a little bit more research on this, but the, the few things that I did gather off of Pearl Harbor was that, um, when the Japanese attacked the, the base harbors, um, uh, or at, over there at Pearl Harbor, the base, the incoming, uh, the base, see, how do I say this? The people who monitor the skies for the military knew that the Japanese were coming, but they did not warn everybody because now this is, you know, supposed, cause I can't remember the actual story, but they needed the attack to happen in order to declare war, in order to change, you know, a lot of shit the government wanted to change. So that's why, you know, it's not really spoken about, not really mentioned too much, but um, when that Pearl Harbor attack happened, apparently, you know, all these innocent lives were lost when they got bombed and exploded and, you know, But there was enough time, there was adequate time for the people monitoring the skies to let the naval bases know, hey, you know, get your shit ready. Here comes, uh, here comes an incoming attack. And these guys, you would think that, you know, when everybody says, oh, the United States military has, has the best uh, United States Armed Forces has the best military that would also include, you know, the Navy and the Navy having those big giant gunships and all that stuff. Yeah. You, you tell me they couldn't get ready enough in time to, you know, shoot those, uh, Japanese pilots out of the sky, those planes. Well, they did have enough time, but either the, some of the higher ups in the Navy knew about it and just kind of like, like, Oh, I'm just going to go shopping today. I'm not going to go near the, uh, the harbor, then the, those that are monitoring the skies, they might've been like, ah, shit, man, I really hate to do this, but if I don't do this, you know, they're going to kill my family or they're going to, you know, throw me in prison or whatever for disobeying a direct order or something. So then here comes, uh, the the incoming attack and then boom, 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 a lot of lives lost and everybody's just kind of like all in panic modes and stuff like that. So that's why, you know, uh, in order for the military or for the United States to declare war, they have to have an event happen, and that was the event. So, um, the thing with uh, the Nazis also was that during that time they were trying to look for this all this like advanced technology that existed before modern man kind of even had a conscious thought. So um, even if they did find that and like Nikola Tesla and his laser beam, um, they got taken away by the uh, government, all that stuff that happened, you know, they were not coincidences. So even like the death of Nikola Tesla, you know, he he wasn't just kind of like, Oh, I'm getting old now. I'm going to die. You know, he was, he was taken out, man. Somebody, you know, wanted him out of there. And okay. So with that being said, I, like I said, I really don't have too much more information on that. That's just what I heard. So that's what I'm going off of. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is as far as a government narrative falling apart was the 9-11 terrorist attacks, quote unquote. And that's where... I was serving in the military at the time. And when that happened, I was, uh, we were in Fort Polk, Louisiana, and we were on a training mission to go overseas to Kosovo. And that morning that happened, um, somebody had access to a laptop with Wi-Fi, and that's where they were all watching and they're gathered. i I just really didn't care. I was like, I don't know what they're looking at. And everybody was just kind of like, stunned but they couldn't look away and i was kind of pissed because i couldn't see it so i'm like "What the hell with you guys then if you don't want me to look at it i'm just gonna go about my business then slowly started to find out that you know all that happened and then this is funny because this one sergeant guy he was telling me he goes yeah two planes crashed into the uh twin towers over in new york and another one hit the white house and another one landed in a field out in pennsylvania and I just, you know, I was just kind of messing with him because he was real serious, but I just, just being a dick that I am, I was like, oh, so what's that movie called? He goes, that's not a movie. It's happening in real life. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, shit, dude, I don't know, man. I'm just here in the office all day and just answering calls, I guess, but nothing like that. We don't have TV, so I don't, I don't know. I said, so anyways, that was kind of like my dickish way just to kind of say, well, if you guys don't want me to look at it and then. I'm not going to pay attention, but as time went on, we learned later that, um, we wouldn't be that the United States, um, military would be going overseas to, um, to Iraq. And, and then I was like, Iraq, what for? I thought this was, um, Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan but I was like, oh well, yeah, it's you know that's the government thing. They're they're doing their thing. Me, I'm just going to be here doing my thing. And then eventually, you know, I started thinking about it. And we're like, all right, we're going overseas. I was like, oh shit, are we going? You know, that was kind of one of the questions everybody was asking our our leaders, our higher ups was, are we going over to Afghanistan? Are we gonna are we gonna change route now? And the word that came back down was, nope, you guys are still going to Kosovo. So when we went to Kosovo. Man, I had like a dream vacation there, man. I did you know, I had no problem being in the military, but man, I just loved it. It was like one big giant squad dance ceremony for like 7 months and um but throughout that whole time, you know, I was just like, well, when are we gonna when are we gonna, you know, attack and kill Osama bin Laden? And it wasn't until April of the following year, that's when, or 2003, that's when they ended up invading Iraq. And I was like, Iraq? They're like, yeah, we need to get Saddam. He was a part of the whole thing. And then I was like, okay, I guess, man, shit. But they were still saying they still hadn't got bin Laden. And then um, when I got transferred, um, when I was getting out of the army, I got transferred down to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, Uh, ran into this um, this. Sergeant major is kind of like a high rank. He was also, uh, out processing. And, uh, those of us that served, we were kind of like would gather and talk. And, and he was saying that he was over in Afghanistan too. And he said that he was, his orders were to shoot anyone that looked like bin Laden. And I said, uh, he goes, we even shot the little guys too. The ones that looked like him. And I said, oh, I thought bin Laden was like six foot four. He goes, he's taller. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, he's about six, six or six, eight. I was like, holy shit. I didn't know that. Then I saw this video of Osama bin Laden holding a AK-47. Man, that dude had some big ass hands. So yeah, he, he must've been six, 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 eight, somewhere six, seven. But anyways, he said they shot, they shot all these guys that look like him. And, um, but They didn't have any confirmed kills. So what I guess the government was doing at the time was just kind of jerking everybody around to get behind him so that George W. Bush and Dick Cheney and all those dudes could go get that oil, put that pipeline through and um, get money off of it. Now that that has happened, it's like, so was it all worth it? (laughs) Because here comes uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and they let um, Afghanistan Was that Afghanistan? Well, the Middle East, pretty much, they let it get run over again by the Taliban. And, you know, 13 Marines were killed. And all these people are stranded. And the news media is still not talking about it. So we don't know how bad that shit really is because that's another thing, the news media. They work together, man. And anything that is mainstream that is going on right now, anywhere from cable news to... um basic NBC, CBS, you know PBS, ABC, all that stuff. They all have that narrative that they're following. It's like, no, don't talk about that over there, what's going on. And don't talk about the immigrants coming over. No, don't talk about that either. Don't talk about these people uprising, fighting back against COVID. Um, keep everything to where the public can still fear it. And you would think, well, who's dumb enough to believe all that? Well, the Navajos, (laughs) because they believe everything they say, see and hear. And, um, it's like the, um, the, when I was talking about the, um, when that Peabody coal mine company came over and they, they stripped the coal mine. Well, they were having these Navajos give away their land by telling them, oh, you're going to, you know, they have a backstabber, um, translator come in and say, oh, she, my son, uh, yeah, if you sign this paperwork, it's saying that uh, you're going to give your land to these guys and whatever they find, it's for the good of the country, but also, you know, you guys will get your fair share. So you need to sign it so that way they can take your land, but you'll be getting money for it. So when they, when the chain, Musun son really didn't understand, they're like, okay, well, this person speaks Navajo, so I, I trust them. And they never got to see their land again, unfortunately. And so where that power plant is, it was probably like a nice sheep grazing area for them. And um, next thing you know, man, this is, you know, where we're at, where, you know, people are getting infected by the uh, uranium mines and the coal mines up that way. Anyway, so and so um, that documentary that came out a few uh, years later with Michael Moore about how um, the Bush administration, everything was put in order for that invasion of iraq i was like holy shit man that's this really an eye-opener for me now he done another one called uh 11 9 where you know he's talking about donald trump how he's a terrible president and all that i haven't seen that one but i was like all right dude you, you know you went you made magic out of the first one the second one uh, i don't know man it's it's you know it doesn't really I don't think it'll have the impact as that Fahrenheit 9-11 did. So everything that's going on now is that's where I'm basing it off of. I, I haven't really watched it in the past two years, three years, I think, but, um, I, I want to watch it again and kind of see what, what I'm missing out on and there might be something crucial there. So that, with that being said about 9-11 and I'm jumping on to the coronavirus now excuse me. And with that, like I said before, people are getting tired of it. You know, they're getting so sick and tired of it now. Excuse me. Anyone who's talking against it is kind of looking like a hero. You know, Dave Chappelle, um, Joe Rogan. um, Let's see. Um, There are some other celebrities that are speaking up against the coronavirus, the mandates, all that stuff. And there are still people who are saying, you know, while you're going against, you know, what is considered sacred life, because you're making everybody sick by not getting vaccinated and not covering your face. And those are the ones who really believe the news and. The other thing that turned me off about the news for KTNN was that when they, that lady kept updating everybody, like every hour about the deaths and, and the rising cases. And I'm like, I'm like, KTNN, are you serious, man? This is, this is what you're going to do. This is the legacy that you're going to leave. Should the world end? This is your last final thoughts. Your Jerry Springer moment. Is that you want to tell everybody that there's no hope, they're all going to die, and everything's looking worse, really? Okay, well, if that's the case, then shit, I guess I'll spin my narrative then. So that way, if someone listens to to this podcast and they say, well, oh, that, that guy's full of shit, he really thinks he knows what he's talking about. It's like, no, it's just a counterbalance to what KTNN does. They get to promote their garbage every fucking day and... For me, I get to at least stand my ground and say, as a veteran, this is what I'm thinking because I'm trying to create solutions to what's already out there right now. So that's pretty much, you know, that's another aspect of why I do this podcast. And just like the membrane theory, there are like five other theories of why I do this podcast and, or six others. And it's just, it's just a big old framework just to kind of uh motivate inspire and just kind of let everybody know to not always believe the news now that we're in an age where we can do research and all this stuff that we find out isn't really going to be um isn't really going to be broadcast unless we want it want it to without having to do like um Well, to do research, yeah, but to have actual facts backing up what we say. And for me, I'm barely trying to get into that realm of facts. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like using our old Navajo traditional ways of how we survived back then to where we are now. And then now we're going to listen to the white people (laughs) or not even the white people, uh, to the government, actually we're going to listen to those assholes and those jack offs and they're going to tell us what to do and how to live. And, you know, everybody's supposed to go along with it. Well, sorry, but for me, things are working out just fine the way I have them set up with the, with the nonprofit. And, you know, when you look at that in another light, the, the nonprofit It's starting to have more possibilities now because with Window Rock, the one thing that the veterans uh, are waiting for is the approval of a carryover budget, from what I understand. And in order for that to happen, the council chamber has to agree on it. And then Jonathan Nez has to okay it. And then um, everybody's trying to do something important, but it really doesn't mean shit at the end of the day because it's – It's all just part of a bigger corporate game. They like to play on the people like, Oh yeah, you can have this. Nope. No, you can't. Sorry. We're just joking. Oh wait, now you can, it's ready for you. Nope. We, you know, you can have it unless you fill out this form. Okay, here you go. Nope. Yoink. Take it away from you again. You know, they just kind of have that yo-yo effect, that game. And, um, And so, you know, yeah, eventually they'll probably get that carryover budget and the veterans will finally get their money. But while all that is going on, think of all the time these veterans are just wasting without having to do like promotions for if they were to become nonprofits, imagine all the promotions they'd be doing to um, get their name out there and having more investors kind of start looking at not so much the Navajo nation, but Navajo veterans saying, huh, okay, look, these people are disciplined. They've been through, you know, rigorous training. They know about responsibility, integrity, and all that stuff. Hmm. I might think about giving them some money. I might try to help them out too. What, what are they trying to fight for? What, what is their cause? And for me, what I've kind of seen or heard was mostly it's housing. These veterans want housing, but at the same time, they also want, um, to live off the grid and they also want to just kind of live a life to where they don't have to pay bills constantly all the time. So anyways, uh, with that being said, that's, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and just end it right there because that was a really, that was a really daunting, um, podcast, uh, episode for me to do. I was going to build a fire, but now I'm kind of freezing. So And like I said, I fed the dogs, so they're out there all barking their asses off. And, um, uh, so this is going to be the, um, episode six for the end of January, but in February, let's see if we can try to get six more episodes in. And then by the time March comes, get 10 more episodes in, and then hopefully, uh, be available for, uh, April and May, and then June start back up at another regular schedule, to where um, I can finally do like another Halloween episode as we get ready for another trunk or treat event and anything else in between that we might be wanting to do as a nonprofit organization. So once again, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Um, The analytics for this podcast kind of shows that uh, we've, we had more women listening, but lately it's kind of been men are catching up. So, uh, for all I can say is for February, we'll, I'll kind of focus on, uh, relationships again, but if I can get more, <laughs> if I can get a guest, man, that'd be awesome. Um, but if not, hell, we'll just keep marching on. But, um, but other than that, uh, you know, just my final words is that, um, you know, thank you guys for listening, and um, on behalf of the um, Clagato Veterans Nonprofit and the podcast, I have been your host, Mateo Native Ravager, saying yee yeah, see ya.